make a podcast. All right, everyone shut the fuck up. I'm going to start this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Maybe Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Joe, and I'm joined by my, forgot to fill out this area, cool, fun adjective co-hosts, uh, <laughs> Shaheen and Bubs. Hey! Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> this is episode 87 of our podcast, and we're going to be talking about The 100, season 7, episode 6. That was, that was, that took a lot of energy. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us at uh, on Twitter at MaybeGeekAgain or at MaybeGeekAgain at gmail.com. And of course, we will always post the episodes to Reddit in case you enjoy long-form discussion. It is great to have you guys here. We usually start off by giving like one little quick factoid about ourselves and then a quick little icebreaker game. This week's icebreaker game is which of your phobias did the... Fearless, I, would, I was going to say trio, but there were more than three of them. On Nakara, uh, which one of those phobias, like, set you on edge the most um, while they were on that ice planet? Who wants to go first? All right. Well, Bubs, since Shaheen oh. is muted. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, so I can go first if you want. Okay. okay. Fine. Whatever. Bubs went first last week, to be fair. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm Shaheen. I live in Pittsburgh. I study philosophy. Um, I write a blog at uh, freefloatingperspective.wordpress.com. And I actually don't have a lot of phobias or any phobias that I know. <clears throat> uh, the only phobia sort thing that I have is uh, trypophobia. Oh, like weird little hole things? Yeah. So, fear of images or surfaces with surfaces with a lot of holes or bumps. Um, and... <laughs> Why is that a thing? May... <laughs> Say what? Why? I, I've heard that before, but I don't understand uh-huh. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not, for me, it's not so much fear. I just hate it. I just shudder. <laughs> And I want to, I want to like destroy it. So like a, like a beehive. Is deeply um, unsettling. If you've ever seen like a, yeah, emptied out beehive, I, I want, or like, you know, how like leaves um, in the spring, like little worms and insects and whatever, like take little bites of them off. Yeah. And they have like a bunch of holes in them. Those drive me crazy. Like I can't look at them. Um, and it's not so much fear. I'm not afraid of it. I just, uh, it's just, it's gross. Um, and there may have been parts of this episode that, that were trypophobic. Like the, when they were in this, the stomach of the beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The belly what, of the beast. What, what was that shit on the, on the floor, on the floor of it? Like on the ground? so to speak, quote-unquote, right? Like, there was, there was just a bunch of, like, white, foamy stuff on the... Digestive enzymes. Yeah. Whatever. And that was kind of trypophobic a little bit, maybe. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, now we know something new about you and how to upset you. <laughs> uh, Bubs, yeah. what about you? Um, 
Did you introduce yourself, Shaheen? He he did a little brief little, little okay. intro. He plugged mm-hmm. his blog that he plugs every seven or oh, eight episodes. Oh, how did I miss that? Probably Bonzo is being a butt. Um, so, hello and bubbles. Um, I'm currently staying at a hotel with my grandmother because she can't climb the stairs of her house. Uh, there is no room service. We're fine. We're surviving. Um, so, okay, for me, I think all of the things that it touches on are, I mean, not, I wouldn't say like crippling phobias of mine. For me, it's more like heights. I have like a really hard time with. Um, but, um, if, if anyone has seen The Descent, and if you have not seen The Descent, you should fucking see The Descent. Because it I is not scary. Oh my god, you haven't? I have not. Oh, Why would I lie about that? Like, oh my god. Why would I come okay. on this podcast okay, and tell well, lies about not seeing some movie? You have to watch it because it has like, you, you'll love the female energy in it. Um, is it gay? I would say undertones. I, I would not say that anything is over, but like may as well be, you know? Okay, like, okay. It's not, like there's not like really... I don't remember there being anything romantic in it, but it's, like, very, like... There's tension. Friendship tension, and, like, yeah. Okay. Like, they're in this together, and it's great. <laughs> um, but, Wait, so... are we recommending shows? No, this no. is a... It's a movie. And there's also a sequel that's also <laughs> really good. Anyways, um, so in The Descent, they go into, um, to... They go into a tunnel, basically, or, like, a cave to explore... And, like, this is something that people do. Like, it is, like, a yeah a hobby. Spiking. Yeah. And it's, um, there's, like, all these things that can happen. Like, you can get turned around. You can get stuck. And so it plays on very similar fears. And though the creature feature is different, and I'll let you discover that. No spoilers. Um, but so in this one, um, I really, I think it's, like, I think it's the claustrophobia that would get me. Because it's, like, the spiders on top of that. It's the fact that you can't move very fast that's scary. So it's not really, like, the predator. It's, like, I you can't get the- away from the predator should there be a predator. Exactly. And, like, so for me, when they're going into it, it and, and, like, the added thing that they're, like, in a line, in a row doing it. Like, so not only can you not turn around, like, you would have to kind of backtrack maybe but like you wouldn't be able to because there's somebody behind you there's somebody in front of you and so i think that aspect of it is like horrifying <laughs> um i don't want to ever want to be in the, and like i'm not really claustrophobic but i never want to be in a space where i can't turn around to go the other direction like i'm okay being on my hands and knees but i need to be able to turn around i mean we all know that sex joke okay so yeah that's my answer <laughs> okay um, what about you? Uh, my name is Joe. I live in Austin, Texas, where we are currently experiencing a Saharan dust storm. Ooh, um, yeah, sexy. apparently, like, all of this, I'm like, oh, it's overcast. It's not overcast. It's fucking dust. Um, but it's not like I go outside and leave the house anyway, so whatever. Uh, let's see. My fear, it's got to be the fucking spiders. <laughs> I cannot deal with spiders. Uh, I make my girlfriend do all the spider killing of any spiders that are too large for the cat to give two shits about. Like I (laughs) do not do spiders. Um, I have been bitten by spiders. I'm very allergic and very itchy. Fuck spiders. We have wolf spiders here. They get to be fucking huge. They come in the house. They're like meaty and like, you'll find like half a cark. Anyway, fuck that. So yeah, the confined spaces I can deal with. It's the skittering spider shit that I, that no, absolutely not. 
Like, even, like, digest me alive, fine, as long as there are no stomach spiders. <laughs> um, anywho, now that we've grossed each other out, uh, let's get into the episode details. Um, <laughs> this episode uh, is named Nakara, uh, directed by PJ Pesci. I'm guessing that's hopefully how you spell, how you pronounce it. I, I am so. bad with names. Um, written by Erica Meredith, which I have to say, not a lot of ladies with double first name names. Oh. You know, like, I feel like that's kind of more of a dude thing so you know i appreciate that unless wikipedia led me astray and i copied down the wrong name Eric anywho <laughs> um so what were you guys' overall takes on this episode we we kind of got pretty pretty clean storylines with nakara and bardo and what the fuck is happening on sanctum um and we got finally some like good information in terms of mythology but you know what what did you guys think about sort of how, how did you feel i think i went in with like when I when I saw the promo um, beforehand and it was like all about like the, the horror show, I was really hoping for it to be like mostly about that. And I'm saying this knowing that that's like a filler aspect of um, it would be a filler aspect of the season. Um, and I know we have so little time, so it's not really I, I don't think it's the right thing to want. But at the same time, I love horror and I thought the idea of the whole, because I love the descent, I was kind of really excited about that. And I thought, I think because that section ended up being like such a, I, I felt like it was a small part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like the C plot. Um, so from that point of view, I think it kind of felt like a letdown to me. Um, but it had its moments, obviously, and we'll talk about those. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shaheen, what about, what about you? What do you think about this episode? So I love the world building aspect and the exploration. I love that we're seeing just like random harsh corners of this universe. That all happens um, to be breathable oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that's evolved there is, you know, fairly similar to what we know, except for um, be- cave beasts. Um but so yeah, I love the I love that. Um, that's something that you know I miss since season one or two, where you know they would just end up somewhere in the woods and and lo, a two headed like, deer. Yeah, two headed deer, or there would be some you know um, pauna running around or something. Um, and so yeah. On the other hand, though, um, the whole ice planet thing. Um, kind of felt like a waste of time. Okay. <laughs> honestly. Um, right, because like, they were there. I mean, it it was literally a plot device to be like, look, someone from the second dawn. That was it. That was the whole point. And then maybe well, to have a, con- I mean, a princess mechanic conversation that was like three seasons too late. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. Well, I mean, the, both of those could have happened anywhere, right? Like, right, exactly. Yeah. They didn't have to. Um, and... And so, and like, it kind of didn't really have any payoff in terms of the plot, and it didn't really work for me as horror either. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I've just seen a lot of like much more <laughs> um, gross and, and shocking horror by now. Um, it was just, I don't know, like, there was just one freaking spider 
that we really <laughs> Did they run out of budget? That was my question. Like, they show one spider through a helmet, and that was, like, the rest is, like, shadows of spiders. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's, it's creepier to not actually see the spiders. They're just in your peripheral vision. But, You're like, goddamn spiders. But we did see I it, I say though. this as someone who is terrified and does not like spiders. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, spiders are one of those things. So we did see it in the helmet, but I think it's, like, yes. For a lot of the times, not being able to actually see what the the thing is makes it scarier. But because, like, spiders are such a, like, a lizard hard-coated fear, like, you don't really need – it doesn't need to be, like, you know what a spider looks like, and it's fucking horrifying. (laughs) Um, So if this is, like, a a cat-sized spider, I don't think it needs to hide. I'm moving us along. (laughs) We're not talking about cat-sized spiders. Don't don't ruin cats for me. I agree with Bubs. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, like, paranormal activity type thing where, you know, like, that movie is terrifying as fuck. Yeah. You never actually get to see a demon or anything. Um, just it's possession. just two people. Yeah. Um, but but this wasn't, to me, it wasn't, I, I agree with Bubs. This wasn't that kind of situation. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I just feel like... There could have, I mean, I have to say though, uh, as a Tomb Raider fan, uh, and you know the game, the classic game. Not series, enough polygon boobs for you. To, <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Raider. Hey, that was only Tomb Raider one. Uh, it started. It stopped being polygons. Um, Just melons. Anyway, from two, yeah. <laughs> um, so the in Tomb Raider two, there's a there's a spider cave where there's all these little spiders coming from every direction. Um, and you have to shoot shoot them up. And Laura, Laura Croft has uh, a machine gun too, so that it kind of it, it was kind of nostalgic for me in that way. Uh, though I have to say, and maybe this is because of Tomb Raider, I was expecting a giant like mommy spider to show up, <laughs> right? To like instead, maybe we were actually in the belly of mom spider. Ooh. You know, like she like because you know not to be whatever wolf spiders they carry their babies on their back. Like maybe this is kind of like you know a marsupial a spider or marsupial spider, like some sort of like maybe maybe those were the babies. Also, this yeah. you know what I have a '90s movie reference that I'm gonna say, but like this can be our '90s video game reference because Tomb Raider Two was in 1997. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Oh, and you're right. Her boobs were less polygonal and more just like. Two spaghetti squash stuck to her, yeah. stuck to her chest. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other thoughts? But um, so yeah, I was um, that's it. I I liked some of the uh, sanctum stuff, actually. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that. Like I, you know, yeah. the show has finally, after seven seasons, realized, oh hey, Indra, <laughs> duh. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm warming up to shit. Hera is like. His, yeah, we'll talk about I mean, J.R. Bourne's doing a great job. Like, yeah. the material is weird, but he's capable, so. Yeah, yeah. but they're also making shit Hedda himself, like, l- l- seem smarter. We thought he was just, like, some... Cartoonishly you know, evil yeah, mustache like, twirler from last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's actually, like, <laughs> calculating. Um, yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll go really quickly, and then we'll get into the storylines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned before I was I was pleased to finally get some more second dawn confirmation, like what we'd all been speculating. Um, so that's kind of hooray. 
um, like some some good connections being made. I don't feel like this episode was quite as strong as the last episode uh, in terms of like moving us along. Um, but like we had some good character moments. Um, and then I I've mentioned this on other episodes. Like I usually hate the 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 comedy that sometimes they try to inject into a lot of shows, especially the hundred. Like it just does not fucking work. Except there were really great moments in this episode. Like. Like Murphy had had was was funny several times. Um, oddly, I actually kind of like Nyla with the bad pun. Like I'm a fan of of dad jokes and like yeah, for I her like to like that. make some like cool pun like and then Jordan like talking about like I'm, I'm sad there are no actual aliens like like wait what was Nyla's pun I think I missed it uh, something about it was something was cool and then it was like she was, she like, said this planet is cool yeah and then it's and a then nice she was planet like, and cool, she like get it. Yeah. <laughs> like it was I mean it's just cute. It That's, was dumb. It was a, dumb, but it was actually kind of funny. Yeah. Like I, but I like a dad joke. Um <laughs> All right. Uh let's get into the actual episode. Uh do you guys have a preference of which storyline we tackle first? Hmm. Hmm. I guess Fuck it, we'll do Bardo. Okay. <laughs> since since that's the next one in the actual run sheet and I don't feel like scrolling. Um so Bardo, we basically saw Dioza being a fucking badass, which hooray, and then almost kills Hope, and then tenderly takes Octavia's hand when they're reunited, which wasn't gay at all. And they run into Levitt, who has been demoted to a sexy Bellamy-like janitor which I'm sure you have stuff to say on that, bubs. And then <laughs> they try to escape. Octavia gets murdery. There's something about the planet's surface isn't survivable. And then Gabriel, fucking Gabriel's everywhere and ruins everything. I think that that covers that storyline. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Um, what What were you guys' takeaways? Um, I, I, uh, there's moments of the, the first sequence that I, I really liked. Obviously, like, I, I really liked Dioza in terms of, like, a character that was introduced late. Um, yeah. she, she makes the cut, you know? Yeah. Um, and so there's I moments I like, but I think it's just, like, the one part that I had a hard time with was because Levitt ended up being, like, such a, like, softy. Um, when that, like, that soul jerk is, like, feeding her, like, he seems like this, like, innocent little, you know, just doing his job. And then, like, she, she, like, goes through the carotid. And, um, and he, he's like, I could release you. And it just, like, it sounds, like, so, like, genuine <laughs> that I kind of, like, I, like, didn't end up really liking that moment because I, I just, like, felt bad for him. Um, if, if we have not met, like, Levitt yet and they were more, like, this hive mind kidnapping everybody, um, I think I would have, not felt I wouldn't have had that moment of like uh unfortunate empathy so I could have just enjoyed that more um but apart from that like it was I think well paced in terms of the the montage I yeah. love a good montage I um, mean Dioza like despite not training for like 10 years on Bardo like she still fucking got it yeah and like she was how do you know she didn't keep up her train what what's that how do you know she didn't keep up her train? Because she maybe purposely she... was like wouldn't even let Hope train. So like unless she and Octavia were sleeping into the, the wait, what's ten years on Bardo? Once in a while. Oh, sorry, not Bardo. Ten years on uh on. But it's not Pettis. ten years. It's like Skyrim. a couple days. Sorry, my bad. It's a couple um, days. Yeah, a couple days on Bardo, but ten years on on Penance. 
Yes. Yeah. So, like, I mean, unless she and Octavia were sneaking out into the woods to keep their skills sharp. Oh, which, oh, oh. I mean, I, I'm into it. I see. Uh, I thought you meant, like, in Bardo that she was there for 10. Like, no, it was, like, a few days. Um, but no, I, yeah, yeah, that's a good um she also looked great when she was in the baseball hat and the and the and the and the, and the, and the guard clothes like she she looked pretty good um, did that do it for you that i mean i, I, I it didn't not it i'll say not. that um <laughs> it didn't not do. so so let's talk about the whole the the surface not being survivable because we had we had Levitt saying that it was and then we had some random old dude saying that it wasn't and i and i have to wonder if as you ascend the ladder in their cult if you get more and more information on the planet like i wouldn't be surprised i think i've talked about this book series before on the podcast wool um which sort of takes place in these underground silos um and everyone there is told that the surface isn't survivable and they've actually shown that the surface of the planet at least within where they can see isn't survivable um but like it's perhaps not as everything appears if that makes sense mm -hmm. um and so i don't think it would necessarily be out of place for a cult to to try to control its members by saying you can't you can't leave because you'll die mm -hmm. um yeah yeah what do you guys think about yeah. that yeah i so i thought i mean if you um notice in the conversation between levitt and octavia um Levitt says the surface is not survivable. Um, and so it, it was interesting that Octavia didn't ask anything when he said that. So I assumed what he meant was it's not survivable for us, but it's survivable for you somehow. And, you know, this is exactly what happened in Mount Weather, right? Like the, Oh, interesting. The I didn't even think about that. Yeah, blood alteration or whatnot, whatever reason there, it's Sky Crew or whatever are okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know, some something like that. Because he did say, they won't follow you up there. And Octavia said, why not? And he said, because it's not survivable. So the next, you know, if that can mean either two things. Either it's not survivable for anyone, in which case the next logical question is, then why are you sending us there? <laughs> <laughs> um, or the other interpretation is that it's not survival for them, so they won't follow you, but it's okay for you, so you can go there. Right. In which case, they there was no puzzle. Like, when they met the guy, Octavia should have just been like, yeah, 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 that's okay, let's go. Uh, Levitt told me it's fine. Or, you know, whatever. Like, if that's the interpretation that she she took. So, I don't know. That was a little confusing. I, so, I saw a really interesting theory on Reddit. Um, I wish I could remember who posted it so I could give credit, but um, I think they said that they saw people chatting about it elsewhere. But so, the thing was, what if um, Bardo is on Earth? I was thinking that too as I was watching. Like, what if this is like a bunker that is even further down? And I oh, honestly man. would love that because... Um, what annoyed me so much about post season three is it's like we forgot the rest of the world existed. Mm -hmm. And it's like I always wanted it to be the team, like um, the adventure squad going on adventures and, you know, <laughs> exploring Earth and like seeing what else, what other people have done to survive. So um, this is kind of like the other bunker that I imagined them finding. But like, I guess this would be a really cool way to make that part of the story <laughs> either that or remember the bunker that they found that was full of all the the dead bodies and shit the mushies like what if yeah what if you like 
kept walking through those dead bodies and that's where the anomaly stone was and that's where like bardo was or something you know what i mean like what Mm -hmm. if it was like Mm. even more massive because not to be whatever becca had that kind of money oh yeah like she you know (laughs) because i mean that was bill cadigan's bunker right right they're his fake so to speak fake bunker but what if it wasn't fake what if what if it was a ruse no, but I really love this idea that Bardo is on Earth. Um, and I, you know, I've always um, been disappointed. Kind of like, I mean, you were saying, but I was like, you, we forgot the, the rest of the world existed. We didn't even explore the part of the world that we were told existed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there were all those locations in the uh, opening sequence of the 100 um, earlier seasons. Uh, that you would see that we thought we would get to explore. And some of them we did get to explore. Mm-hmm. But most of them actually were just left, you know, as a mystery. Like, there was this place called the Quarantine Zone. Um, we never went to the Quarantine Zone. It was somewhere in the desert. Um, and I, I assume it's not where the um, outcasts are or, or the... Uh, Desert crew, whatever, Sangeta crew. Um, but anyway, so like maybe it's one of those places. Maybe uh, Jason's bringing back one of those locations that was never explored. Because it seemed like, you know, some place like there was um, Quarantine Zone, there was another place called the Capitol. Um, you would think there would be people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, holed up in some bunker. Yeah. I mean, not to be whatever, what if the crystal giants are, I mean, if we go with the earth theory of it, like, what if they are statues of some sort? What if, wait, 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 hold up, hold what up. If, what wait. if this is Mount Rushmore? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. That'd be hilarious. I'm just saying, what if? Okay, They're but, giants, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, but also to bring up another 90s reference, what if we have a honey, I shrunk the kid situation where we're back to earth, but we're smaller. (laughs) So, because I did see some like BTS photos. I can't remember where they're from. Somebody sent them to me. Um, And it was like the, the giants and gooey sludge. And it reminded me of in season four, going to that, like the faux bunker that might be the real bunker. Who knows? Um, It looked like, you know, people half in the sludge, Um, but they looked huge. So what if we're, in going to Bardo, you become smaller? <laughs> or through mm. Bardo, in, but it's Earth. I don't know. That, none of that makes sense. But just but what imagine. <laughs> but my God, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if that, like, I wonder if something about that could, like, explain time dilation. Like, mm-hmm. Because, not to be whatever, having recently watched all of the Marvel movies in chronological order, one of the whole things was um, Ant-Man going into, like, the the quantum realm, and, like, once you, like, shrink down so far and so tiny, like, time doesn't really exist the same way, and so, like, years can pass on, you know, regular-sized people Earth, but, like, in the quantum realm, like, you basically, there's no time. Time does not exist. You are frozen in that moment sort of until you like reemerge slightly larger that's not really a spoiler like i'm just saying like what if if we're going with the honey i shrunk the kids theory then like what if that's how the time wonk works that would be really interesting 
Just saying. <laughs> people are going to listen to this and be like, oh my fucking uh, God. What is wrong with these people? What is wrong with these people? Um, do we have anything else to say? Do you want to talk about the the Levitt Bellamy of it for a so, sec, Bubs, before we move along? Yeah. Well, I had a few things to say. Um, yes, please. To start with, like, the, the Hope Dio's Octavia moment worked better for me than I thought it would. And I think it's just kind of like um, the way that I didn't really need... I didn't need to see so much, like, um, of time progression between Clark and Maddie, because it's, like, it's really easy to imagine um, being, like, the ward of a small child for for years and forming this, like, sense of responsibility and um, protectiveness. And because it's kind of like when you get a pet that's, like, helpless, you immediately are just like, well, this is my life now. (laughs) I would die for this. Exactly. (laughs) Bonsai. Yes. Speaking he of. He agrees. He agrees. What about what about just murdering? What about just straight murdering? Straight murdering for Bonsai? Yeah. I oh no, I mean murdering Bonsai. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> um so so oh my god, Bonsai, stop it. Um what was the point of me saying that? So anyways, I think part of part of it, like Hope seeing her mom again was like, oh, you know, um and so I, I'm I'm glad that as much as a lot of people like that sequence, I just like at, tw- at the end of like the, the time jumps, I'm like, if we garden one more time, I will fucking hoe a bitch. <laughs> um, and so I, yeah, so that was really warm. And then when Dioza finds out that Bellamy is quote unquote dead, um, the like the, the warmth that she shows Octavia in that moment, which you can make it sexy. I'm okay with that. Um, it was just like, it was nice. It was like really nice. Um, and I was surprised that I was moved by that scene. Um, and then the, so moving on to what you mentioned, the Levitt Bellamy parallels, um, which I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on the janitor bit, like, until everyone else was like, by the way, I'm like, oh, that's right. Yes. Well, (laughs) um, so the second I saw him as a janitor, I was like, wait a minute. Like, so it's it's the Bellamy story. Like, he went against the rules to do something nice for Octavia. They got caught, and he Octavia's became a janitor. attracted to him. That tracks. Her bro- I was talking about her brother. <laughs> uh, well, exactly. Exactly. Yes. I'm, I'm giving I mean, you this incest wouldn't? bone. Yeah, so, you know, there's, there are people who ship Octavia with Bellamy. Um, this might be news to some of you, and this might be like, yes, of course, to others. I mean, technically, they're, like, do we even know, like, they're half-siblings, They're half-siblings. Right? So, it's like, not that bad. Come on. <laughs> I say this as someone with no siblings, so, like, yeah. it doesn't actually squick. I'm like, I understand the theory of being squicked, but, you know. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm trying to be like, pro-incest to be supportive of you, bubs. Well, the thing is, it's like, when it's other people, and they're both hot, like, why not? <laughs> um, and there's like a really great gif. Maybe we'll link to it if we remember it. That's just like really sexy from the first episode, like the pilot episode of the show between Bellamy and Octavia. You don't believe me, but I will link to it and you'll be like, oh, that is sexy. Oh, so um, <laughs> that was a pun. Unnecessary. Oh, um, and so, yeah, so I thought that was a really weird choice to have. You know, Lovett helped Octavia. It was against the rules. Now he's a janitor. Um, but there was some rumblings, BTS, that Lovett was brought on as a replacement for Bellamy because of whatever happened be- behind the scenes. Um, so I guess we'll see if he actually becomes like a huge 
part of the show. Like, it's to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just, I really thought that was an interesting choice. And I was like, are they, is it like a, a nod to the fact that he's replacing him? Is it a nod to the, the people who ship Bellamy and Clark together? Uh, because he's not me. unlike Bellamy in terms of looks. Like, they're, they have very similar handsomeness. I How mean, do you mean his replacing Bellamy? His story has... There's no way Bellamy could have been in Bardo doing I, the mind MCAP thing. So... I guess it's just in terms of story moving forward, the things that Levitt may take on were things that may have been meant to be part of Bellamy's story. I don't know, though. That could just be bullshit. Who knows? Or maybe um, it's just a little wink to the Octavia Bellamy shippers. And exactly. they're like, hey, we couldn't give you the incest that you wanted in season one. <laughs> we've, written, we've basically written Bellamy off the show in season seven. So here's a dude who kind of looks like Bellamy in the <laughs> nice looking in the face with dark hair. Octavia's strokes his cheek gently before knocking him out. I like that you have a note um, that Levitt is into the punches. He's into we, do the not, we do not kink shame on this show. And Levitt is definitely... I think he's got like one of those like like randomly gets slapped and then has like an unexpected boner and then is yes. just like, Am I into this? I guess I'm into this. <laughs> like the Parks and Rack when yeah. Andy got slapped. Yes, and exactly. <laughs> the behind the scenes video. <laughs> except that it was real, except he actually mm-hmm. in real life Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, do we have anything else about Bardo? Um, oh, I'd like to just mention that Gabriel fucking sucks. Um, but do we have anything else on Bardo? Um, I mean, I could get salty about Echo, but I won't. I just hate that she always invades every Bellamy Octavia moment when it should be about Bellamy and Octavia. And yes, I get it. Bellamy is literally the only thing tying her to the show, at least pre this season. Now I guess she has Hope and Gabriel, but it doesn't seem like much of a bond happened over that time. <laughs> um, so. But it's just like I just wanted to be with Octavia Bellamy, but alas, such is life. you get Echo, who is <laughs> just they're ma- they they've given Echo the idiot ball, which I feel like you should be more happy with, Bubs. But at the same time, she's just kind of like stepping in it left and right. It's just like she's on screen so much; she has more lines than um Clark and Bellamy combined this season. I mean, to be fair, Bellamy has had no lines. But with, but like even just combining both of them, she still, still has more um more lines than Clark. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. bullshit. Bellamy said her first. What is that? The only thing he said. Um, he said she first or her first because like he was like okay let it, let the hostage go. And he was like pointing to Octavia. He was like, "She first or her first? Um, like release her first. And then, other but, than that, he just looked around and then got blown up. Well, no, he said, yeah. um, "What's going on?" Oh, excuse me, that that other line. And what are you talking about? So, and but not it. a lot. <laughs> not a yeah. lot of heavy lifting for. He has he has had six lines this season. <laughs> She's six. <Christ. laughs> okay so so before we before we get into the sanctum storyline like i guess we should take a moment and talk about gabriel's decision to unilaterally decide to turn themselves in to the bardo bees which 
you can already tell my feelings on the matter. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what did you guys think? Cause we had Echo getting real fucking stabby, which kind of justifiably like Octavia used a name like Echo. I think Echo did the right ish thing maybe, but like Gabriel being like, I'm going to stun gun all of you guys and turn myself in and oops. Now I have been stun gunned too. Um, thoughts. Um, I, so it's like, it goes back to, you know, my like conflict of feelings over the opening Dioza scene with that like guard that he seemed, you know, kind of like a nice guy. <laughs> um, the one that she bit his cheek off and his eyeball? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that guy, and then we have this guy coming in from the arboratorium. Who knows if I'm saying that right? Probably not. Um, and he, he, w- he was picking flowers. <laughs> so, and then we have Lovett, who helped Octavia. And so it's like, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're amongst a bunch of soft dandies. <laughs> and like... <laughs> they're, they're just all a bunch of Lincolns. Yeah. And so like, it's kind of, <laughs> Lovett helped them. And yes, it is totally a risk. But like, what if this guy would have helped them too? Like... He, he took, they asked him like, well, how do we get out? And he just tells them. <laughs> right. And wasn't like, shouldn't you guys know this? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it just, he, he didn't seem super threatening. And I get, I get that there's a risk. I totally get it. It's just like, it's really hard to be on Echo side, despite me already not being, you know, um, I think like, even if I liked her. I would be conflicted with like the murder, 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 murder. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, it didn't feel like it needed to happen because like he told them how they got out. Levitt told them how they got out. Like wh- why would it have been any different? They don't know that Levitt was helping them like on a heightened level. Like yeah, they could have I- threatened him too. Okay, but 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 barring the the killing of of the old guy, what about what about Gabriel's decision to sort of decide yes. that they should turn themselves in? So I thought that that was like, yeah, why was it his choice to make? And like, arguably, he could have, you know, let them go and turned himself in, and turned and decided like, I don't want to go that way. Like, you guys go, I'm gonna just chill, um, and. At the same time that we've had characters do things like that before, um, like that's something like Clark would have maybe done if she saw like her team getting out of whack. Um, so from that perspective, like I, I think yes, it's like I don't like the tone of like the man decided for all the women. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's problematic. But at the same time, we've had characters do things like that before. <laughs> And it was seen as, like, the smart decision that they had to make. Bonsai! Um, what about you, uh, Shaheen? What do you, what do you think about, about Gabriel's unilateral decision? Um, yeah. So, I, I, first of all, I agree that the killing of the guy was stupid. Um, I, I mean, when you say, like, you think Echo did the right thing, um... I mean, I don't know if it's, like, the right, right thing, but, like, I could see it as, like, understandable, given that, like, 
uh, you know, they didn't know who to trust. Like, it was maybe a little bit trigger hacky. Maybe we could have knocked him out. He was old and feeble. <laughs> like, I bet it wouldn't take much to at least put him unconscious yeah. for a minute. But, so. like, I, I, I'm sure if you were personally in that situation, that's not what you would have done, right? What, would I have murdered an old man? Yeah. Like, I'd like to say probably situation. not, but I also <laughs> am a horrible person. So. Like yeah, I mean, it's, sometimes we just like because it's a it's a movie or it's a show, and we, you know we have very different standards and different perception of what's going on. But like if you think about it, really, and you don't want to do any of this stuff in real life, and if it and if it came down to it, none of this stuff would matter. My people, my life, you know, I had to, I had to survive, whatever. Right? We're not gonna do that kind of thing. Um, Unless it's like really life or death, like uh, sort of self defense type of situation, it's like something's coming at you, and you're like, "Well, I had to kill it. What was what was I supposed to do?" That even that, I think you know, ordinary people feel terrible afterwards. But um, you know, at least that's something I could see myself doing. But I'm never gonna be able to like do premeditate like. Okay, I made a calculation, and I have de- determined that this person is is gonna be, is gonna mean my ass. So I'm just gonna kill them, uh, even though there's no direct threat right now from them to me. Um, you know, I just m- made some calculations in my head and decided that they're gonna be a mortal threat to me. That's that never works for me. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I don't think that's really ever justified to do that i i can only see violence in response to direct threat um but anyway what sorry what were you gonna say <laughs> well what was your what was your what were, what were your thoughts on the gabriel decision of it? right yeah so gabriel i i agree that like i don't understand why it was his decision because the whole dynamic of this group is a little weird and we've kind of Mm -hmm. talked about this before like it's not clear what kind of bond exactly they have to each other if any and um i mean they were there for five years together but like yeah we got flashbacks for them more than we've gotten for past flash forwards um (laughs) and still (laughs) i mean it's it's kind of but but at the same time, like, even in those flashbacks, we saw a lot of fracturing, like, as they were getting ready to leave Bardo. Like, Gabriel is clearly not on board with kind of hope and echo, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, cool, so you could have just turned yourself in. Like, why did you have to make the decision for everyone else? Yeah. I mean, like, why is he there to begin with? I, I still don't, like, what is he? <laughs> I mean... That like, is something is, that we probably would like to ask on this podcast again. Why, Gabriel? <laughs> why are you... Like, there wasn't any need of your exposition this episode, so maybe just step aside. Yeah, he could have like, just been captured already. Right? <laughs> like, if he's just going to talk anyway. But my question is, like, as a character, what's his motivation? Like, what... Um, he. He's like putting his life in danger for what? His, he doesn't the have science, to save. Gene, the discovery. Science. He doesn't. Like, is he just curious? I don't understand. So like, or I guess he still has a mind drive, doesn't he? So maybe he thinks like it's fine. You know, worst case scenario, I'll die and get resurrected. Um, I don't know, but like, 
Um, so it's not clear why he's there, and therefore it's not clear if what he did makes sense or not, you know? Because in order to, to evaluate whether what he did made sense or not, I need to know what exactly his motivations are for being there, mm-hmm. you know? I'm not sure I know that. Um, so, yeah, it's just weird. And, like, also to determine whether it was his place or not to decide, I don't know, like... So, it's not like he was the leader of the group, or so you were yeah. just as confused and slightly upset as the rest of us, but even more yeah, so of I, why the fuck is he even there? <laughs> yeah, I I thought that was probably not the right. Pro- I mean, even if, <laughs> even if you don't want to go to the surface, like maybe go hide or fight or something. Like you don't have to turn yourself. In. But I think we also have to consider that, like. Echo and to an extent Hope has like have flown off the handle in terms of their agreed upon use of force. Yes. And so it's kind of like um like you know how Gabriel um was decided that after twenty five years of killing children that he raised as his own for science (laughs) and his psycho ex girlfriend. Um, he decided that being a prime was terrible and he was going to go and take the primes out. So he decided that he was going to make that decision for all the other primes, um, and their people. Um, and so in a sense, I guess that's kind of who he is and whether or not we like agree with that and which I, I still like, I'm a little bit tinged by, um, the stabbiness. And being like, well, if you're in a position to stop the stabbiness, is that your duty? Yeah, um, yeah I feel like maybe it was, he was just like, okay, you guys are out of control. Here, I'm going to taser you. Like, you just need to chill. <laughs> and like that they thought like Orlando was gentle-ish. Um, we know that Hope spent time with Dev, who was gentleness, and she told them about him. Um, they Had they met Levitt yet? I can't remember. Yes. Uh, who met Lev? Um, the what? What are we calling them? Um, Grip, Eg, Eck, Gabriel, Ope. <laughs> um, had they met him? Uh, uh yeah, they met. They, they met. Uh, well, Hope had met Levitt, right? Surface. Hope had met Levitt. Yeah, and they'd already they'd already like been like, oh, this isn't Levitt, and then Echo killed him, right? Okay, so um, they knew that he was nice, um, and so yeah, there's like all almost all the people we have met from the the Bardo bees, um, minus Nelson, have been kind of nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it is kind of confusing, um, and it does yeah. kind of make the killings feel. Um, yeah. Unnecessary? Excessive? Yeah. I mean, it has a, a very Mount Weather type feel. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, you know, there are ordinary citizens there who are really, you know, mostly decent people. Um, and, um, yeah. But you're in sort of a war state with this entity of which they're a part of. Um, so it's a very... Um, it's very much you know right up the hundreds alley to have this sort of thing. Alley, um, I alley. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <I'm... laughs> continue. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I it's interesting how every Bardobi person, <laughs> a human from Bardo who we've met, upon uh, learning that there are other people and there are other ways of life, and meeting some of those people and talking to them, they have a you know complete 180. They they like completely shift their perspective and and they realize like the world is much bigger than they thought we saw this reaction from orlando and we saw this reaction from uh levitt too right yeah and i mean you know sort of yeah i guess maya to a degree if we're talking about the mountain men Mm. yeah they're they're um levitt and uh and bart and what's orlando they were both kind of like wow I didn't know before meeting you guys. I didn't know there was any other life, or you know. Uh, and this is so awesome. You know, my my horizons have been expanded and my perspective has been broadened. Um, and so it seems like they're all uh, just kind of uh, uninformed, but otherwise nice people. Um, so. That's yeah, I, I agree. That's the impression we have of them so far. Um, yeah. Okay. It's interesting that they. they yeah, that I mean, they're definitely like setting up some big, you know, some some pretty obvious parallels, um, you know, yeah. with this season, and I I have a feeling um, that we're gonna get a lot more of them. Um, I feel like we are not done with Mount Weather. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Which I mean was probably huge... one of the more successful antagonists. If we're not talking, if if we're not talking about Lexa, I would say that that Mountain Men were definitely some of the mo- more successful gray area antagonists because this yeah. was back when the hundred still gave us like, well, they have a point, you know, mm-hmm. um, that kind of that kind of idea where you know, yeah. Dante that and was probably the best manifestation. of yeah, like Dante, you were like, all right, like I can see what you're trying to do. Like Cage definitely kind of became very myopic about it um, mm-hmm. and wanted more power versus saving his people, if that makes sense. Like he got, he he let it get personal for him um, mm-hmm. versus... Uh, but even he was like, look, actually, if if I go through my plan, we'll, we'll be able to stop doing this. Yeah. If your worry is that we're doing something wrong... Well, let's just do something really wrong for a sec, and then we can <laughs> What stop. if we condense all of the wrongness into, like, you know, 30 minutes, yeah. and then... Yeah. Like, yeah. A black hole of wrongness. It kind of makes sense. It um, does. Um, yeah. Are you guys ready to move on to Sanctum? Um, I think so, yeah. Are you, Shaheen? Yeah, I mean, I, this maybe we can talk about this... Uh, when you talk about Sanctum too, just this theme of um, just like there's a population that's been brainwashed and like in um, in Sanctum and in Bardo, you hear these speakers, loudspeakers, like literally. Yeah, it's fucking um, creepy as shit. Yeah, broadcasting propaganda. Um, it's kind of, you know, 1984. And this is, I mean, this is something apparently I hear is, is actually true in North Korea, where, like, radio, national radio is always um, sending propaganda or whatever, is always broadcasting, and you can't really turn it off, 
like you can turn your radio way down, but you can never turn it off. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this idea, it seems like, again, we talked last time about how on the hundred, it seems like there are only two states in society. There is, um, there's like a so-called state of nature type of thing where like life is, uh, solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. Um, and everyone's fighting. Um, and then there's another state which is, uh, complete discipline, like dis a disciplinary regime, um, that, you know, keeps its people very homogeneous and under tight leash you know and um you know there's not a whole lot of freedom not a whole lot of diversities for sure it, it often involves explicitly excluding a certain group of people who um you know then our characters usually come and you know let back in and then we see what happens when you let them back in you know whether it's like uh you know grounders to mount weather or it's, um, you know, children of Gabriel to, um, to Sanctum, you know, you bring them back in, it's, uh, the all hell breaks loose, like, it's total chaos, um, because people can't get along, and so we've, we've only seen these two states of society, there's never that, uh, that other stage, um, which, which, you know, Hobbes and, John Locke and Rousseau and other um, sort of enlightenment philosophers talked about under the name of social contract theory, where, you know, they say, okay, so there's a state of nature where we all fight with each, fight with each other for resources and, and, and control and everything. And then there is, uh, you can have like a, um, a huge central force to, uh, keep people from fighting um but the problem with that is that you know if, it, if it's benevolent it's good it would be great but uh if it turns out not to be benevolent then it's a huge problem so the third option is um a social contract which means we uh sort of forfeit some of our um so so to speak god-given rights or whatever like the right to to hurt someone else or attack someone else for your own benefit um, in exchange for safety uh, and uh, the ability to trade with each other and, and cooperate with each other um, without fear of like bodily harm, um, right? And so that's presumably the state in which our society is, um, more or less. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and so like, I, I don't know, like does, um, is the hundred trying to say that that's not, that's never achievable? Like even our society is not one of those, um, it's, it's just, it's always a sham. Like we, we think we live in a, um, you know, social contract where we can get along, but really I mean, it's it's like a powder keg like yeah mm -hmm. we i mean we can we can point to whatever's happening currently you know yeah 
right mm. now of people viewing public health as a political statement, like oh purposely yeah. putting, uh, you know, and saying that, well, you know, these masks are infringing on my rights. And it's kind of like, well, no, actually your rights end at the moment they start hurting me. Like that's, you can, you can swing your arms, you can windmill arm as much as you want, but the moment you hit me in the nose, like <laughs> you don't get to windmill arm like that. That is the end of your bubble. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that there certainly could be something to be said for people being sort of, well, A, brainwashed into sort of this rightness that has no basis in logic or mm-hmm. reality as the case may be. Um, it just becomes tribalistic. Um, and I think, and, you know, to, to, to bring this into sanctum, I think we're going to, we're going to see that as well, because we have Indra saying, you know, don't put any Sangetta crew guarding, guarding Russell. Um, this was before, you know, she said what it was, but even she is just like, this motherfucker is crazy. But I still don't trust the people who would identify and be like, oh, well, at least he's still our guy. Like, even though he's a crazy motherfucker who's going to kill everyone, like, that they would still cast their lot with him. Mm-hmm. Like, and probably it wouldn't go very, like, you know, crazy dictators. Uh, things don't usually go that well for people um, under them, even though some of them might believe that, well, I've still got it better than this other guy. And you're like, well actually probably not like if if all things were different um you know things your your lot in life would actually probably be better but you have chosen that this is this is the hill you're gonna die on Mm -hmm. somewhat metaphorically and somewhat realistically i don't know um speaking of shade why why doesn't andrew just fucking kill him Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Murphy brought it up being like, hey, um, you know, if we if we kill him, no matter what, there's going to be a riot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, well, so if no matter what, there's going to be a riot, then fucking kill him. <laughs> what I don't understand is, does Shadehada have Russell's memories? I don't know how that works. Well, he seems to know an awful lot about Sanctum and, and its politics and how everything works. I'm really impressed. Like, I thought, I mean, I'm under the impression that he's learned all of this um, from just, like, listening in and overhearing and just, like, observing. He knows all the factions now and knows everything. But I don't know. It definitely would help if he had Russell's memories because he knows a lot. Yeah, and, and like, he, um, when... When he tells Nelson that he is not Russell, mm-hmm. um, and Nelson's like, "What? What the fuck? Like, like, <laughs> of course you are." And he's like, First "Oh, of all, what the fuck?" Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, Gabriel didn't tell you the blah 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 of the chip, blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "Well, how the fuck do you know that?" Like, <laughs> eh, eh. I mean, I I will say that to your point that that about. At least they've made Shadehead a sort of a more nuanced villain at this point, like instead of mm-hmm. just like, you know, mustache twirling from last season, which was ridiculous. Oh um, so like maybe we're also supposed to believe that he's sort of like super duper smart and manipulative, which would actually like 
that would be a good villain because then, you know, there's, there's more to it than just like, I, you know, I want everyone under my rule, which is what he wants, but he's at least more cunning and able to sort of like do that. Yeah, but the, the other thing about it, though, like, yes, he is cunning and all those things, but, like, we were always led to believe that the flame goes in and it takes, like, your, you know, general personality and it makes you sharper and, it, and like, exacerbates mm-hmm. those traits. And I feel like right now he's acting like he does have the flame, but he doesn't. And so, or- like, we have this, like, heightened... Or he's just less bloodthirsty. Like, maybe he's just a bit more, like, rational. Like, like the flame, like, heightened his his sort of thirst for power. And, like, mm-hmm. through any means necessary. It. And now he's like, okay, well, like, let's just back off that a little bit. Like, instead of being on, like, like an angel dust rager, he's just kind of like, okay, like, swirling his scotch and being like, okay, like, how can I accomplish my goals? Uh-huh. Which, P.S., um, what did you guys think about the whole Nelson bit? Like, because on the one hand, like... Last season, he was a general rabble, 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 death to primes. The beginning of this season, that was him. And now they're trying to, like, make him into, like, a fully-fledged character, which, like, like, I want to, like, not hate that. But to your point, Bubs, like, there's too many fucking characters. Stop trying to make me care about someone that we met five minutes ago. Yeah, and also, like, he was really easily turned. Right? I'm kind of like, you're not super bright. And, like, he, like, immediately believed this, like, craziness. But, I mean, it sounds bananas. Um, Although, like, yeah, I guess it's kind of like the flame technology. So I can see it's him sort of being, oh, okay. But, like, he just immediately kind of just accepts and I don't know. I thought it was like a very quick turn. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see. I, I think you're probably right that he is um, his in now, but we'll see. Maybe he's not because he had a very incredulous look on his face the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he was still sort of scoping it out and seeing what's going on. But he was pretty convinced that this is not Russell because he knows Russell can't fight that well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, okay, whoever this is, this is not Russell. Um, and then, and but but he's still shocked. Uh, you could see that look on his face. It like, doesn't make any fucking sense, you know. And so, I don't know. We'll see how he reacts. But it seemed like he was still kind of feeling it out. Also, mm-hmm. d- did anyone get any, like... <laughs> really like a weird uh alternate universe version of searching for bobby fisher like in this episode like with shade had being like sit your ass down and play chess with me and you're like dude <laughs> jesus christ like the chess part was so heavy-handed and i mean like chess has been an ongoing theme throughout <laughs> the entire series um but it's like it's like it the more we we kind of moved away from our main characters, the more like it's it's like this in your face thing, right? Because before it was just Wells, and like here we go, right? Like we played chess up there. And now it's like, sh- like we haven't spent enough time with Shadeheaded for him to like sort of. We're we're just supposed to assume and see chess as this great you know, grand strategy game or whatever, but instead it's just him being like, no one will play chess with me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it's just, like, that's the shade hada that we were introduced to. I guess, like, there was a chess board in... With Maddie. Yeah, in the little space. But, like, again, I think that was the, like, that was the start of it being heavy-handed. But on, on one level, like, they didn't, like, overly 
talk like they didn't do they ever directly talk about it i can't remember Mm -mm. so but it was just like a cool chess piece set that like it um you could like glean like some like easter egg stuff from the way that it was designed and stuff like that um but now it's like he's literally like talking through the game of chess as he is doing conniving like like everything is just like there's no subtlety whatsoever um, and so, like, I kind of just wish, like, he, we just saw him playing, like, we started with him playing chess with some random guard. And, like, that was, like, when Indra got all upset. Yeah. You know, so it's, like, it's there, but we're not, like, and this is the chess move, and then we capture the queen, and then, like, blah, blah, blah. And, and at one point where, um, we were talking about that, and I was, like, if this show cared at all about Pilark fans... <laughs> Clark would be the Let queen. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> it does not. Um, but I was like, well, Clark would be the queen. And then you'd be like, but like the checkmate portion, like there's Bellamy. Like, <laughs> and so anyways, that probably made zero sense. But like, I have zero crumbs to work with this season. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of um, Nelson's, mm-hmm. going, Nelson going in to talk to Russell, uh, I wasn't quite sure about the optics of that. What exactly happened? Did they, did Indra say, send Nelson into murder? No, I think Nelson did that on his own. Like, I think that he convinced the guards to, like, not search him very well so that he could kill Russell and then got his Whoops. ass handed to him. I love that he went in there, though, with his little bandaged mittens. Like, that was kind of my favorite <laughs> detail. I'm like, like, on the one hand, like, maybe it was supposed to kind of look like he, like, wrapped his hands to, like, whoop some ass. But on the other hand, I'm just like, oh, you got your little your little sad, sad paw mittens on. <laughs> that was um, my understanding, so though. Remember, um, what's, what's her name? Uh, Indra was, uh, um, Indra said that if, um, if Russell slash Shade hit a um, tries to talk to anyone you're authorized to shut him up yeah and then the guy was like we can't this it doesn't look good us hitting their god and then she said okay well then get one of the children of gabriel to do it which you know she was like get one of the cogs to do it and i was like what the fuck is a cog and you know eventually it kind of uh, clicked for me i was like ah oh, yeah that's, that's children of gabriel i hate acronyms Oh, um, shit. I didn't even realize that. I thought it was kind of a derogatory term. Um, because what? Uh-huh. I feel like there was some movie or or book series or TV show, something that I was reading, and it was talking about people that were cogs. Um, yeah. Fuck, what just was like, it? Just like one of the goons to do it. Kind of. Like, it was just kind of like the people yeah. who make everything move, you know? Like, was it that in Wool? Yeah. Was it Wool? It may have been wool. Fuck, it always comes back to wool. Like, you know, like the um, the engineer people, the mechanics. Yeah, no, they were called mechanics. Like, what fucking thing with a cog? Was it... <laughs> I, it was some, like, high fantasy thing. Like, was it... It wasn't the Witcher. Fuck. I don't know. It'll come to me as soon as we're done recording. Um, yeah, I don't know, cool. Shaheen. Like, I feel like we are just kind of, like... They're just moving the plot forward with this. Like, yeah, because so anyway, Indra was like, get one of the children of Gabriel to do it. And then we see uh, Nelson Nelson coming in. And so and then when he came in, the guard who was letting him in was like, please shut him up. Um, 
So I was like, oh, so is this is this under Indra's orders? And yeah, I don't know. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even catch that. I mean, entirely possible. Yeah. Um. So I have a lot of questions about this. Um, <laughs> you might so not get any answers. <laughs> what is the common enemy that Shadehead is referring to between the cogs and the um, the prisoners? Um. The I think I think the common enemy in this case is um the the faithful and or possibly one crew. Like he wants yeah. to split off. He wants the 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 children of Gabriel and I'm guessing Sangetta crew, like he would expect them to join. Um or no, maybe he's expecting the prison. I don't fucking know. Like psh, there's factions that I don't give two fucks about on Sangetta, <laughs> I think is really my takeaway. Am I a bad oh, person? <laughs> no. I mean, I I really wanted the show to spend time building stuff. <laughs> and I just I'm didn't sure think that, that did. this is what it would look like. And I mean, I just wanted like, you know, I wanted the issues to be like, well, how do we engineer this thing? Like, and those people have this and like... They have this in the way, so, like, what is more important, their religious site or us building this thing that will allow us to have electricity for all the people who are now here? Like, like things like that that are, like, why, more... Why was, was mm-hmm. all of this, like, like, all of this faction stuff is actually not bad in the... If all of it had been last season because I yes. did not care at all about the faction stuff last season. Like, and I know that it was all to kind of set this up, but they should have just shorthanded that Ugh. gotten Russell to take over. Like who gives a fuck that they're, Oh my God, body snatching people, whatever. Like yeah. this, if you wanted to do this political, whatever, whatever the fuck story that should have been last season. And then this season, like we're doing like the time planet hopping. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not in charge. I'm, I mean, yeah. they always have, they want to have that structure of, like, there's a modern or sci-fi thing happening, brewing, kind of, and then there's, like, a, a more um, campy, primitive thing happening, or political thing happening somewhere else. This uh, it's always been true, season one, two, three, right? It's always been the case. Yeah. Um, so they wanted to have that, but, but yeah, I agree, it was, uh, yeah, there's just, they're they introduced so many factions and characters and and things that um, you know in in principle could have worked out great, um, but there's just not enough time to explore all of that. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah. Um, so my other question is, uh-huh. <laughs> why does Shade Hedda want to kill Clark? I've. Because I think it's what he says to Indra in that, like, there are three people who have had the flame and could potentially convince one crew to follow them. And that's, you know, Shadehada, Maddie, and um, Clark. Clark. And so he feels pretty secure about Maddie. He just wants to get rid of Clark, who's not even on the planet right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a little weird. Like, she's not even on the planet. She's not around. But he's a mustache-twirling like, villain, so, you know. Yeah, and I guess, like, you'd say when he was in Maddie's head, he saw, like, I mean, everyone has a boner about Clark's leadership. Um, 
because you know she's the key apparently she's highly overrated <laughs> i wouldn't say that she's overrated um <laughs> i think that she's i think she's done a lot of great stuff i think sometimes i wish that they would give us more emotional insight into her in like this season i think they think they're giving us emotional insight into her but really she's just like a like a mirror being held up to other characters having their emotional journeys and not actually having an emotional journey of her yeah. own. Yeah, Clark doesn't really have an arc this season. Or, or, yeah, at least not yet. There's maybe no Clark arc. Maybe it's very sneaky. Clark. I mean, it's like um, outside of her. It's not. And, like, if it's about being in the City of Lights, it's, again, it's not about her. It's about something that happened to her. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really, like, I'm really sad about, like, my favorite characters not having really any story or any, like, great things to do. Um, and, and, like, I, I think, like, yeah, the Dioza opening was cool. But, like, those are things that we used to get from, like, Clark. And we used to get... Um, from Bellamy and Octavia and I mean Octavia's had more I don't think we can necessarily complain too much about what she's gotten this season but man like (laughs) no Octavia got the good stuff yeah like I mean which I mean okay like I've mentioned that she was not usually on my radar and like she's gotten but yeah she's kind of the only one who's like you're like oh you're (laughs) you're the lead of this story now look they have not (laughs) forgotten your journey (laughs) um real quick before we get into the indra stuff i just wanted to draw attention i'm guessing you guys noticed the moment that maddie was drawing the anomaly stones in her super awkward let's play soccer with uh let's not even talk about that kid like never mind the kid that looks like jason rothenberg he literally cast (laughs) maddie's love interest to to somebody who looks like him and if you can't see it um, I think on Twitter, Jason, and on Instagram, Jason has um, posted pictures of his son, and who also looks like him, and you can, it's just, it's shocking. <laughs> Point of and the just is, kind of weird. <laughs> we're, we seem to be getting uh, a tiny bit of a very convenient, I wouldn't call it retcon, more is just like, look at this detail that we can kind of logically add. Maddie drawing the the anomaly stones, which means that A- at least one commander, someone who had the flame, knew about them. Well, but this is right. also um, the anomalies. Becca, yeah. Whether whether that's Becca, which is entirely possible. Like, if she was the first commander, she knew about them, like, possibly. Or another commander down the line found them and, you know, something involving Second Dawn. But we at least have confirmation that someone on Earth who had the flame knew about the anomaly stones. See, but... Octavia didn't have the flame, Gabriel didn't have the flame, and Russell didn't have the flame, but they also would, um, being called to by the Anomaly Stone, they would draw these, like, spiral stony things. Right, but um, she was, she was that drawing was only it- after- She, she was drawing it, like, with the symbols, and- we've shown this season that she is drawing other memories from the flame. Okay. So like, I think at least for my part, it was a fair, Makes like, sense. aha, someone on earth knew about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I thought about that, that a lot of people on Sanctum seem to be getting visions of, of the anomaly stone, but it only seems to happen if you've consumed 
uh, space paling, um, <laughs> and <laughs> then space that yodi. happens either, huh? Space yodi, like peyote, but yeah. space yodi. Let's um, show myself out. But Octavia didn't. Peyote, right? But Octavia is magical. Peonia, that's just Peonia is a town in Colorado. Huh. Um. So anyway, yeah, space peyote, which is either either through um you know drinking the blood of sanctum or um going through an anomaly which apparently has a lot of space peyote um running around and i don't think maddie has done either of those so i i agree with joe's theory that the someone in the flame knew about it and like do we think do we think it was becca do we think it was like i mean whatever like i think i think we're gonna get some sort of explanation Becca sounds like the most it the had most, to do with yeah, the second dawn logical. Um, yeah. which I mean, I, I like that detail. Like, I know that it's a little bit, not retconny, but you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a convenient look and Maddie yeah. knew about it, I mean, but it, I, yeah. if, it would if, have been a lot more convincing if we had seen anything like it before, but whatever. And yeah, also, I like, also haven't seen anything contradictory. Right. Like if she had drawn it in season, well, whenever Matt, I mean, no, those were Clark's drawings, whatever. Um, but like, it would have been even cool if Clark had been drawing them like in season five, mm. when we saw the drawings in in the hut or whatever but i'm sure that they didn't know that that's where the story was going it's the limitations of reverse engineering (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah but i mean you also have to ignore the retcon when raven said that the chip was degraded and well (laughs) well degraded doesn't mean doesn't work at all it was just not working quite right but it was still bits and pieces of it were there so but not enough to know that it was an artificial intelligence. So like you lack the awareness and I think when in lacking the awareness, you, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't like if, if you don't know that it's artificial intelligence, yeah. I feel like it's pretty compromised. Um, but who knows? Whatever. <laughs> just, just deal with it. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about um, Indra um, just because that was obviously kind of the standout, standout moment of the whole Sanctum storyline is that Indra is, now the leader um hooray. I, say, wait. I love indra's miranda rights <laughs> <laughs> wait can i just interrupt one thing yes, before we go into that because um i just want to point out look how easy it was for indra and maddie to have a conversation <laughs> where they talk about how clark isn't there <laughs> and they're like well okay well if she doesn't come back in a day we're gonna set like they're worried they're like they're dealing with a lot of shit obviously so they can't just be like oh my god but they acknowledge it unlike whatever bananas nonsense took us out of the first like five episodes so where the fuck is bellamy blake where the yeah exactly like where the fuck like he just was this integral part of everything and then suddenly we're just gonna pretend like nobody cares (laughs) um anyways moving on to indra because this was the thing that like Maybe it was too long coming. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I appreciated Murphy being like, yo, we knew you were the one in charge in the bunker. Because all of us were like, mm. like, but Indra was definitely sort of the, the fixer, I think, I think would be the word, word to use. Like, she wasn't, she was making sure that things kept functioning, even though, like, maybe she would have wanted to do a little bit more in terms of reigning in Octavia. But she kind of left the manipulation of Octavia to Cabby. 
Yeah. Well, I but, think it's kind of like... Um, but, like, Indra's effective, or at least she what she needed the confidence to become effective in this episode. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of... I see Indra in season... F- or in the bunker with Octavia as, like... It reminds me of season one with Clark and Bellamy where... Um, what did Jason say in an interview? He's like, um, Bellamy inspires the masses and Clark inspires Bellamy. Because for a while, like... And I liked this dynamic that, like, Clark really was, like, the brains of the operation. She had, like, a really great sense and, like, judgment um, and was strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, to- in in terms of, like, getting that message out, she was horrible at getting that message out. But Bellamy was, like, great at it. And he trusted her. So he would, like, deliver it and tell everyone. And, and like, Octavia, I think, has some of that, like, energy. Mm-hmm. And Indra has that energy of being, like, very rational, level-headed, and trying to guide her in the right direction. Um, I just think that Octavia is even more impulsive than Bellamy. Um, and younger. Sir. Younger. And she she had, like, so few life experiences having grown up, like, under the floors. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm I not opposed to Indra being in charge. Um, like, it's about fucking time. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like that she said, I've always been a warrior, a soldier. That's always been my role. And, um, you know, the stuff you guys were saying about the bunker kind of confirms that. Like, you could tell she wasn't happy about the direction things were going, but she she just saw her her role as an enforcer. I'll just uh, be here and make sure you know shit doesn't go down. Um, but so yeah, I, uh, now she has to. I mean, it was kind of almost like uh, at the end of Willy Wonka, where um, Charlie like gives like gives back. I think the whatever fucking candy to to Mister Wonka. And it was basically, like, it was a test that he didn't want to, like, make it rich and sell sell it out to, to Slugworth and all that. Um, and so, you know, he got to inherit the, 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 the candy factory, the chocolate factory, where, you know, it's the same thing of, of Indra, like, and, and Imori astutely called out. It was, yeah. like, the reason that you were, that you should lead is because you don't, you don't want the power of it. Like, you won't yeah. be corrupted by it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, this is. Go ahead. Yeah, this is interesting, right? Because if you think about it, I mean, sometimes you might wonder why. It, why is everyone who gets it makes it to the to the point where you know you can vote for them is an asshole? Um, well, it's <laughs> it's because you kind of have to be an asshole to get there. Um, you know, like you, the you know, if if you're really not into um, manipulating the the masses for for power, then you just get well, you get eliminated much earlier in the process. You'd never make it to, you know, the presidential election or whatever. Um, and so there's always this paradox of the people, the best people to rule over us are people who typically don't want to mm-hmm. rule over us. Um, the people who are interested in doing that are typically not the best of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it makes sense. You know, why would it be otherwise? So, 
Yeah, it's uh, I like when Amori sings. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like just yeah. sort of the little bit of comedy of Indra being like, "No, you can't fucking watch," and then yeah. and then Murphy being like, "We're we're, we're gonna watch," and I'm gonna watch. it was it was good. Um, but it was it, it was a really nice moment for Indra. Like we've been talking about her like in the past few episodes being sort of the the rational MVP, and we're like, "Fuck yeah, Indra!" Like I'm I'm kind of glad that after. I think that she is someone like Octavia who like has sort of taken a lot longer to blossom in in her character, but she's always been there and she's always been like I I don't think at any point anyone in the fandom like she's so non-problematic mm-hmm. that like good for you, Indra. Good for you. You hung <laughs> back, you did some terrible things, but like not, you know, she did terrible things, but kind of in a for a greater cause kind of way, whatever. Like you know, we we like her, we like her, and I'm I'm yeah. I'm proud of her that she is now commander. Though I guess shit's gonna hit the fan more with um shade shade had a whatever. Yeah, I have to say the uh, sort of optics slash politics. I don't know what the right word is of Indra. Uh, declaring herself commander was a little awkward because I don't know like this seems like it's something not a mandate. that either the say what? It's not a mandate? Like she wasn't voted in or nobody nominated yeah, I mean, her? It, right it seems like it, this is something that either um, the grounders would just not accept at all or it's something they already they've already accepted. I mean, she's de facto their commander. Like she's uh, the ranking officer. That's not the issue. Um, the issue is that sort of symbolic, sort of that divine commander that they want, that would you know be able to like give them orders that they would just blindly follow. Um, and there's nothing in what Indra said that that indicates they're going to do that for her um so like didn't they already like what what did she say that they didn't already know they knew that there's no actual commander anymore um and someone has to give orders so like i don't know it was it was a little mm-hmm. awkward i feel like either the the grounders or whatever the one, one crew would be like the grounder faction of one crew would be like no this we don't accept this we only have one way of choosing a commander and that's through the um ever conclave uh, have you but it wasn't it like a mini conclave i mean kind of it was like she, she only had to defeat one person <laughs> i just i am mind boggled that we're on season seven and it's still acceptable that we're doing like fist fights to win yes <laughs> it's like you know who does fist fights to win? Gorillas. Like, it, it's just not... I mean, have you tried to, like, argue with a gorilla? No. Like, it's not going to work out well. No. So you... But I wish it was, like, so... There was this one gorilla who maintained his um Wait, is this rain? a true story or this is this, is, like, a Disney movie that you No, saw? this is a true story. Okay. Uh, maintained his reign because he found these, like, I think they're either gasoline canisters or water buckets, but they made a really loud sound when he, like, pounded them together. Mm-hmm. So he would do that to scare his, like, competition. And that's how, like, I wouldn't say he was the strongest one, but he was, like, 
the smartest one. So I wish like there was an aspect of that. And like, I think that like definitely Indra has shown that she is, I mean, she's, she's been managing all of this by herself. Okay. Um, and so in a sense, like she is, even though like it came, like I hate that it came down to a, a fist fight because I think that she's shown that she's capable of being smarter, being smart in, in winning it through her smarts. And it's just like, every time we do this, this like fight off, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know, we know the grounders respect strength, blah, 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 but it's, yeah, I, I like I was saying, it was just kind of, maybe they just, they just needed more time with it. Like maybe Indra would have brought this up um at some point and it would be you know kind of received with some mixed results and then you know they would fight it out over a couple of episodes but yeah maybe and then maybe they will i don't know but yeah or like they started doing the fight and indra gives us like this great speech is like so who wins that's the person who should lead when has it ever like, gotten us anywhere. We're still fighting the same fight that we've been fighting since the beginning. Like, we have to, like, why don't we make decisions based on what is best and not decisions based on who fought best? Because they refuse to allow the grounders any kind of, like, intellectual growth. Like, they are the same. This show, whenever they're talking about a group of people, if it is not Sky Crew who are the only ones who apparently, you know, use logic and stuff to, like, decide their leaders. Like, the problem is that grounders are children of Gabriel, are the faithful, are the prisoners, and it's just like, well, whoever's strongest wins because we are not evolved. Like, that's kind of, that's the unfortunate message that they refuse to sort of move beyond. Yeah. <sighs> it drives me crazy. Yeah. Well. I mean, Sky Crew isn't that much better. I mean, they at least vote. They had a democracy, unlike any other they group we've encountered. <laughs> yeah. Eh, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to talk about Sanctum before we move on to the ice planet? I was totally not looking at my notes. Let me just see if there's anything. Uh... Oh, the whole, should we talk about how power equals justice? I feel sure. like that was like a big thing that they like just dropped in there. Yeah, um, in up? terms of that was like part of the Nelson shit had a conversation. I guess we should have talked about it then. But um, power equals justice. Um, and to what extent is that true? And I think we can obviously equate that to things going on right now in that, um, you know, with all the protests and stuff, there is a sense of like powerlessness um, in terms of changing things. Because it feels that everybody, not everybody, a lot of people are screaming for change, yet despite that, things are not moving in the right direction. And it, there is a sense of power, powerlessness that adds to like the turmoil and um, unrest of it. Um, so would we say in that situation that like power is justice or do you need power to have justice? Um, I don't know how they're related. So what, <laughs> what Shade Hitta says is you cannot have justice without power. So I guess, that, yeah, the idea is like, if you want to have an official sort of, um, act 
the is the retribution for for whatever injustice you suffered, then you have to have some power, you know, to inflict the the uh, retribution. Uh, but the thing is, you know, that's only for retributive justice. We don't even really believe in retributive justice in modern society, mm-hmm. um, right? We don't think that. Like, we don't design our criminal laws on the idea that, um, like, on the idea of an eye for an eye or justice in that sense of, like, you did society harm and therefore you should suffer some harm. Well, I I think I, I would argue that that is not how it is in practice. I would argue that it is... It is vengeance in a way in in modern society because to say because if we really cared about sort of you know not eye for an eye if we're if we're really caring about okay well like this person did something wrong how can we make it so that assuming that we don't kill them or cut off their hands or whatever how can we make it so that they can re-enter society and not be you know do bad things or you know whatever sort of whatever they were locked up before except that's not what we do we we do punish people we do have a punitive um criminal justice system at least in the u.s in Um, other other countries it's a bit different you know like they they do actually invest in education and and you know trying to reduce uh recidivism rates um but I, i see what you're saying shaheen i just wanted to make the distinction that in practice things here are not as um they're not directly eye for an eye but they are definitely um punitive in a way yeah. that seems no i understand unjust. what you're saying i mean there's i guess there's a difference between um being retributive justice which says that like you have to pay back mm-hmm. what you the harm that you caused you break it you bought um, it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Whereas, you know, you could have a punitive system that's still not retributive in that, you know, like we, like the the punishment can still be under the pretense of restoration, right? So you, you say, look, look, our goal is not to like make, make it even, to get even with the criminal. Um, our goal is to prevent future crime. But we think the way to f- prevent future crime is to lock them up. Um now you're saying that's not true and you know yeah we we know now that you know it's not true although the data on other forms of um um prisons and sort of detainment um like really nice um those those nordic prisons (laughs) yeah nordic uh, resort type prisons um is also not quite clear in terms of like at least recidivism uh, rates of recidivism don't seem to be that different based on the method of the prison. But um, I thought it di- was anyway. different. Uh, there's uh, data is very noisy about it. It's not. It's not clear. Hmm. Um. Wait. What the fuck were were we talking about in general? Power equals it? justice. Sorry. Oh yeah. I mean, I would. I would say. He he has a point. Like if you are someone without any sort of soapbox to stand on, and you say this person did me wrong, mm-hmm. um, without power, no one's going to listen to you. 
Um, but, you know, I think that the point that that Amori is making, especially about Indra, is that because she doesn't want power, she will be the most just person mm-hmm. to have that power. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, Shade Hedda talking to Nelson, sort of whispering in his ear that, like, the justice that you want, we're going to have, you know, we have to be in power to get it. Um, which I don't necessarily think that he's wrong, except if Nelson can't smell the the evil that's happening, um, that, you know, Nelson, Nelson ain't too bright, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I have to say, I uh, disagree with Shadehedda <laughs> on the idea that everyone wants power. I mean, this is, I mean, a common conception about humans that, like, that's the you know humans all want power. I think all humans um, want agency, but yeah, I don't I don't agree that all humans want power. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that um, humans want prosperity, and um, you know there 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 was a time when you could only have prosperity by dominating other people. Um, Except those people we, were not ha- being prosperous. Only some people were being prosperous. Mm-hmm. Right, so you, in order to have prosperity for yourself, you had to like dominate other people. Um, but then we figure figured out trade. We realized you can trade, and that's um, that's really the thing that's um, replaced war throughout history is trade. Um, one by one, nations have you know stopped fighting and started trading instead. Uh, and you know that's why rates of violence are dramatically down, have come down in the past few centuries, um, and because trade is actually a win-win situation, you can uh, it's it's good for both sides, mm-hmm. um, and you 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 don't have to fight, you don't have to die or bleed or anything, um, and so as soon as people realize. Um, that they they can get the same things they want, the resources and the prosperity that they want, without having to fight, um, without having to dominate. They most people actually choose that route. Um, so I I don't think it's true that people want power. I think I think people power. who want power think that other people are like them. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like there's some sort of quote about, like, if you're a piece of shit, you assume that everyone else is a piece of shit, too, because that's just because you would do anything to get what you want. So obviously everyone else would be as piece of shit as you. Yeah, and it's like if you're a cheater, you're, like, the first to assume that your partner is cheating. (laughs) Oh, really? I read something about that, yeah. I mean, Um, I guess that would make sense. Like, projection is a thing. Yeah, but I I mean, to me it sounds like power isn't justice, cooperation is justice. Well, what do you mean by is? Like, obviously, power... Like like I said, um, Shehara never said power is justice. He said you need power to get justice. Well, so, yeah. So, you, you need power to get justice. So, it's like this... This I guess, like, the way that I, I hear it, it's like, it depends who is in power, whether there will be justice. And sure, I think that that's true when you're talking about leadership and I mean, looking at the U S government right now, obviously. Um, but I think that like, in like this show, a lot of the times it's like, if people just talked, 
we would have a lot less problems. Um, so if it was about cooperation instead of like having to depend on who was running things, if it was about the cooperation, then I think that that's justice. And that's like where everyone's an equal shareholder in their own destiny and sharing the responsibilities um, of their society. Um, so, I mean, in that sense, it's like, I, I don't know that that's like power is justice. Okay. Cool. <laughs> do, do we Do we have anything... I feel like we got into a little bit of a rabbit hole here. Um, it happens. Do we, do we want to dig into it a little bit more? Or should we should we start talking about an ice planet? Let's talk about ice planet. All right. So spiders. Isn't it silly that like in sci-fi, um, every planet has like a thing. <laughs> like this is the ice planet. This is the uh, jungle planet. This is, this is like, the planet that's entirely that's a... made of shrimp. Um, <laughs> Like what? What would Earth be like? What kind of planet is? Is it like water planet? If someone like landed on Earth, Earth like, is oh, the. This is why we can't have nice things, planet. But I guess it was just the people there to to ruin it all. Um, yeah, I don't know what Earth would be. I mean, yeah, I guess it's. I guess it depends. Like, if you're somebody who gets who's like really hot all the time, I guess Earth probably wouldn't be so great. Like, you'd probably like the ice planet better. But yeah, just to be like, hi, here's an entire planet of ice, and also, how are they not freezing to death? Right? Like, they did not pack well. Like, and they've probably been there for a minute. Like, did anyone bring snacks? No, I I don't see any like picnic like baskets for, or <laughs> for all of the like expeditioning that this show has done with people going on journeys like hi let's we don't know where we're going but like surely there will be snacks there and then they get there and like they have to like pretend like they're in alive or something and like eat some rando dead bardo in um which i guess is yet another 90s movie reference that we could have made um yes um to- i think like do, no one thing i was thinking was when they were talking to the Bardo bees um, on Sanctum, didn't mm-hmm. they say that they were going to Bardo? Like um, we need to like get the bees. Yeah, didn't they say yeah. like we have your, we're taking them? Um, I like. I feel like they said that we're taking them to Bardo. <laughs> so I think so. If that's the case, like why did Raven go to some? random ass planet that is covered in ice and also like her helmet thingy tell doesn't it tell her about I each one yeah, I thought it she was... said that they're not named the planet yeah they just have the symbols helmet doesn't recognize oh. names so it was just kind of like well this one looks cool and then lo it was actually cool and then nyla made a joke about it being <laughs> cool okay so the helmet is just like in the suit it's just like a giant do sex machina because it's just <laughs> Oh, of course. It, it tells you yeah, all this it information. You it, it tells you that Clark goes by Clark and Juan Hedda and that she is heavily dangerous and um, capture these. Like, it has all this information, but fails to tell you which planet's what. <laughs> like, that's just a bad user experience. <laughs> yeah. Not very user friendly. I mean, well... It's user-friendly to the Bardoans, who I guess maybe recognize the symbols. Like, you know, 
Who am I to say yeah. that, you know, if I were to go up in some Russian spacecraft, like I would not be able to f- figure out Cyrillic text because it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> um, you know, like they just had a different alphabet. And but it was like, I don't know. I feel like if they could, if they like clicked on one and it was just like, um, warning, you know, Nakara, current temperature, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 um, <laughs> Time, time variance, <laughs> you know, all the important information you want to know, um, including like the calculation of how long you can stay there versus how much time so that you know, like how, you know, a timer as to when you need to go back so that you're... I love that you're, that you're pissed off about the Google Glass of, of their helmets. I mean, it's just that like the fact that they okay. made this incredible technology, yet it's lacking very like clearly not Pertinent. outside of the realm fe- features that it should have. Um, I mean, look, look, I do a lot of UX work. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. Um, also, quick question. Maybe this should have been a well, actually. But like, okay, so the Bardoans have a forest that provides them with oxygen. Why are they dumping their bodies up there? Why wouldn't they just compost them into the earth? That's a great question. No one hasn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it. There. There we go. No more answers. Um, or maybe they think it's like a god, and they have to feed their dead to the god to appease it, and then I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Um. So they our adventure squad C D. I don't fucking know which adventure, adventure squad, squad C. C C. Um. They go into, they follow Raven's little, like, let's go into this fucking sketchy-ass cave, uh, get attacked by ice spiders, and then we actually get a princess mechanic scene. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think about that? Like, I feel like that was kind of the, one that and the confirmation of the second dawn, um, were kind of the, the main points of us going on this, on this journey. Um, did you guys have any thoughts or feels, or was it five seasons too late? I mean, yes, it was five seasons too late. Um, B, I thought that the the writing itself for that scene was good. Um, Hold, no, except for the one moment where Raven called Clark a finely tuned engine. And what is it with everyone <laughs> in comparing Clark to a fucking car? Because Josephine called her, her body a Ferrari. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because everybody wants to ride Clark. Nice. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I guess it's like, maybe it goes into the whole, sometimes she's a little bit robotic and like, it kills me mm. because sometimes we get emotion and it's just like, so like we get her to like emote a bit for like the, the Gaia, the weird Gaia scenes in the beginning, but like not for herself or like for like her internal, like we don't get her doing it. It's just for this ship that they might be building. I don't know, because we don't know where the fuck guy is. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, so, I mean, it's like, I'm glad it happened, but at the same time, yeah, it's super We've late. been asking for it for five seasons. And, and it's just like, oh, great, I'm so glad we have that now, when there's, like, nothing, you know, we're in the last season. What the fuck are we going to be able to do about that? Like, are we going to have, like, great friend moments? Like, we, we have so little time left, and clearly we still have to spend it on all these, like, rando characters we don't even care about. Um, and so, I guess it's like, it's... I have a lot of bitterness because of a lot of the decisions and the fact that like, it's just so late and there's so much that they're trying to fix right now. And it, it, I don't, I'm so conflicted. I'm, I'm happy it's happening. 
even if it's too late. I don't know. What do you feel like? What about you, Shaheen? I feel like we've been like railing for for <laughs> 45 minutes on, <laughs> on our princess mechanic ship and conversation that never happened. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked that Raven finally explained um, a little bit more what was upsetting her. So apparently she was actually scared of going inside the uh, the reactor and welding it herself. I always assumed that um, she didn't go in herself because she thought that she's needed behind the thing. Which, to be fair, she is. Yeah. Like, she is. not to be whatever, like, she's not a red shirt. Like, she is ma- She is upper management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she. I mean, even at the moment, she someone had to be behind the control panel. Uh, you know, she was monitoring the temperature and, and everything. And I don't know if anyone else knew how to operate that control panel. But um, but in any case, it's um, it makes sense that even if all of that is true, and maybe that's what she told her or told herself at the moment. She knows deep down that she was scared of going in there, mm-hmm. um, and and that r- makes her feel li- really guilty because mm-hmm. um, she you know she can never be sure in you know her own conscience that she really did it for good reasons, you know, um, and so yeah, so this kind of maybe goes with the. Um, the Kantian thing that we talked about before, um, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this before many times, that, um, <laughs> um, you know, Immanuel Kant said that, um, that morality is based on duties and obligations and uh, has nothing to do with your desires. And so uh, really a morally commendable act is one that you do with no feelings mm-hmm. or potentially with like negative feelings um you know something that you don't want to do if it's something that you you enjoy doing and you're doing it because you you want it then um it it's not acting on duty then it's uh, acting on desire and that's not freedom that's not agency because uh, because you know he considers um desires to be um uh, to in, be enslaving us um, but anyway, um, so Raven thinks that if she had done this, um, without any feelings, um, then it might have been okay, but because she had fear when she was doing it, she can never know, she can never be sure that her intentions were pure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, what do you think? Bubs? I can see that, um... I mean, you can compare it to Clark, who, uh, with the whole radiation thing, she was going to inject Amori, but she injected herself. Um, And then the whole um, finale of season four, when she went to, like, repair the tower, you know, she got to the point where she could run back and, um, I don't know, do what, but she continued going so that she could save everybody else um so you know clark seems to hunker down in not show fear and get the job done um versus yeah maybe raven 
um, was afraid. But I also feel like I was upset when Clark injected herself because I just felt that they needed her. You know, I didn't seem like anyone else really had a head for what was going on. And I think they always had a better chance with Clark being alive than without her being alive. Um, so that was yeah. the thing that I struggled I mean, I with. That, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's a similar situation, except I think uh, the argument for Raven is easier to make that she is needed because she has like uh, technical expertise mm -hmm. um, that other people don't have. Whereas Clark is, you know, the argument for why she is needed has always been we need your leadership, which is a more tenuous mm -hmm. argument. Where, like, Raven like, knows how to do shit mm -hmm. very well. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know if I would be, I would feel good about, like, deciding who gets to live or die based on who's a better leader or ra rabble, rabble rouser or whatever. Like, that's not a good criteria to me. <laughs> <laughs> but who's an engineer, who's a doctor, sure, that makes sense. Um, who's a, even a mathematician, a teacher, you know, whatever, something that not everyone can do. Um, I mean, not that everyone can lead, but it's just not objective enough to... More people could probably know. step up to be leaders than more people yes. can just be like, by the way, I've learned how to be a doctor. <laughs> like... <Yeah. laughs> oh my god. I mean, just saying. Yeah. Um, let's see. The only real other thing, if you guys don't mind if I move us along a little, uh -huh. um, the only real other thing that really happened was we got confirmation that the second Dawn arrived there, possibly died. Maybe, I guess, some of them went into the wrong stones or they have, they went through and then went to other planets and cl clearly some of them died here. Um, well, I thought that, that what that means is um, the Bartobies are... The second dawn, second dawn people, the or the descendants of the second dawn people, yeah, um, because they said that they're we're seeing their symbol here because this is where they throw their corpses, um, so these corpses came from Bardo, um, and um, yeah, second dawn, and it makes sense, you know, this we we've been speculating about this, mm -hmm. um, a lot, you know that like. They could have been, yeah, they, they tunneled through, um, they used the bridge or whatever uh, to go from the bunker, whether the one under Polis or Mount Rushmore. the other one, <laughs> the, the one that Jaha found, um, to go from there to Bardo. And so the shepherd, I I suspect, is probably Bill Cookie, Kooky, crazy Bill Cadigan? Yeah. Um, but also, sense. like, yeah. that symbol was on... Remember I talked about that scene where Octavia runs into the Arboretum thing? And um, uh -huh. when she looks back up on the wall, there's that Second Dawn sim symbol that also, like, weirdly looks like it says J.R. <laughs> and I wondered if that was, like, an Easter egg for Jason Rothenberg. Um, <laughs> but so it, it goes back to the question we were asking whether... Um, there were actual crystal giants or if that's just the myth to keep people, people inside exactly yeah um right because i mean we've again like if we're going back to parallels we we have the um 
mountain men parallel of though it wasn't exactly a lie to keep mm-hmm. people inside like it was very obvious that they could not survive outside mm-hmm. but you know an idea of we have to we have to keep you in here so that we can control you um yeah i i guess i i was i was pleased that we finally got a nugget of confirmation of something that like we have been like beating the drum for for years yeah yeah, I'm glad the the Bill Cadigan story is not being wasted, um, and I, yeah, I always like continuity. <laughs> it's something. Um, is there anything Things else coming you, back? You guys want to talk about with the Ice Planet before we get into our other thoughts and well, actually, um, I did want to mention the whole trope thingy about how. I mean, we've we've kind of like recreated a lot of um, um, quintessential sci-fi scenes from different properties, and like this mm-hmm. one was like. Um, the whole, this is no cave slash heat and alive trope. And like, mm-hmm. we see this, like, I mean, Empire classic. Strikes Back. Yeah. Super classic. Like that, like this is no cave. Um, and also, um, X-Files did an episode called Field Trip where, uh, Mulder and Scully were kind of like hallucinating and it turns out that they weren't in these places they thought they were. They were literally. Wait, hold up. Was it, was it Empire or was it Return of the Jedi? I'm pretty sure it's Empire Strikes Back. All right. This is. I mean, I I defer. Like I I just there were sandworms. You defer to my googling. Have Perfect, because yes. I have not actually seen any actually Star Wars. seen. No, we've definitely <laughs> been over the fact that you have a tenuous grasp of the Star oh, Wars canon. Yes. Yes. Um, Continue. And so yeah, no X Files. They were actually in this like giant um, mold creature. So like the spores were like making them hallucinate, and they were like slowly getting um in- digested. <laughs> So they had to, like, get out of their, like, dream sequences to, like, escape. But it reminded me a lot of this because it's like, oh, wait a minute. Whoops-a-doodle. We haven't gone somebody's stomach. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, there's just, like, a lot of, like, homages to sci-fi scenes. Like, um, what was the other one that they did? Um, fuck. Oh, I mean, Chernobyl isn't sci-fi per se, although it, like, has to do with science. Um, that So kind of, like, sometimes it feels a little sci-fi, except for the fact that it all fucking happened. Um, <laughs> and obviously that was, like, a major um, yeah. homage in 703, to the point it was, yeah. like, almost like, you know, Chernobyl fan fiction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to mention that. No, I appreciate I appreciate you bringing uh, Empire and the X Files into this. Like we we always should. Yeah, well, there's a, we watch a, a shit ton of sci-fi. Like it oh all interconnects on some level. Um, we really do. The other thing that kind of annoyed me, um, going back to like the Raven Clark scene, um, where Clark's like, "You might be like the best one I know." Um, I was kind of like, "Really?" Like since I mean, when? Raven, Raven. I mean, that would have been fine three or four seasons exactly. ago. Exactly. Exactly. Like, she was such a bitch to Clark last season, and they didn't really ever... They haven't interacted since season four. Yeah. And, and like, so I thought, like, I was just sitting there, like, really? Like, I think that there are a lot of great flawed characters, and we can certainly appreciate the things that they bring to the table. And Raven certainly brings a lot to the table. Um, Although her season five and season six storylines were awful. Um... What storylines? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, like, there's so much we can point to. Like, she electrocuted Lincoln. She was about to hand over Murphy in place of Finn, like, dooming him to death. Um, she's always been, like, overly cocky, which I thought was, like, I think that was, I liked that about her because otherwise she's so perfect. So she needed, like, that 
the edge of imperfection. Well, apart from like we're talking, we're talking about, she's not the best person ever. <laughs> she has flaws. And so Clark saying that, I was just like, okay. I mean, I think like Indra's right there. Um, and I think that like Monty is right there. <laughs> Even if he's dead, I think he still counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I thought that that was like a, I mean, maybe she's just trying to make her feel better and we can excuse it on that. But I mean, those crimes, so to speak, that you mentioned that, that Raven has committed, they're, they're pretty minor compared to what Clark or others have done. Like, how many people has Raven actually killed? Like, what's her body count? Yeah, but I always, it's always like contextual, though. Like, I, I think it's contextual. Like, she was complicit in Mount Weather, for example, things like that. Like, she disabled the, whatever. Um, Remember? yes, the, yeah. She and Wick, went in, what is the guy's name? Wick. Wick, Wick, yeah. Yeah, that they, they bombed the hydraulics. Yeah, the hydro, whatever the fuck. Yeah, that was important, that was like the acid fog that they disabled, yeah. So it wouldn't have happened without her, but she hasn't, how many people has she directly killed? This might have been the first time she experienced actually killing someone up close. Yeah, I mean, if 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 we take to the to the fact that like burning all of the grounders alive, like, I mean, yeah. I think that was a team effort, or like I the the when she made the flares that ended up burning a village, village, and then she made the bomb that like blew up the bridge. She, Raven has a lot of oops, you know. So like, the, <laughs> like, like where she kind of so just, the flare was an accident. Um, the dropship thing was self defense. They were storming the. Cool. But if we're ship. comparing like death, they had it coming with like I mean she sure she has like tons of well I wouldn't call the bridge like accidental deaths but um like she created the bomb for that she created lots of bombs um and all of it yes was in like self defense but if we're like a lot of the things that Clark de- did were like you know there wasn't time to make a better decision and it was either like she just stands there and watches her people get killed unnecessarily. Or she acts um, with Monty and Bellamy. Um, and so, I, yeah, like, she has definitely more kills. But, like, Clark also, like, she's been in that position. Um, and it's not like anybody else stepped up to be in that position for a lot of those instances. Um, and when Raven has had to step up, like, she's no different. Um but she's just kind of been a bitch yeah. about it for seasons. Yeah, I mean, I agree that she, um, there's a, um, there's something to be said about, you know, um, sitting on the side and criticizing the mm-hmm. leaders. Um, I think we do this a lot in real mm-hmm. life. Like, um, we, yeah, well, sometimes it's we, warranted, it's let's be criticize. clear. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but I, I think, um, like, it's often a similar situation. A lot of times that we think it's warranted, it's, it's a similar situation where it's just because you really, you have no idea what, how the real world works. And, like, you and I don't have any idea. And, like, when these people get in there, you know, a bunch of people with, um, black suits and ties come in and, and they're like, okay, sir, here's how everything works. 
And then they're like, oh, okay, so all of the stuff that I was talking about is kind of bullshit. Um, and anyway, This so, feels meta about being commentators of a show, saying what all the writers should be doing better. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's why I, um, yeah, I try to not criticize the writers too much. But, um, yeah, I, um, sorry, I forget what I was saying. Um, right, so sitting aside and criticizing, um, I, it's actually funny, I've been playing a lot of, um, SimCity. Okay, um, speaking Bubs' um, language. How's your traffic? <laughs> Qu- quarantine stuff. Um, and it's funny, because, like, that's a lot of times the feeling that I get from SimCity is, um, like, there are certain things you just, uh, now that you're in charge of it, um, you just have to do it just there's you know you don't you may not feel good about it but you just have to do it (laughs) and um yeah one thing that was funny is like taxes um like when you raise taxes in SimCity um after a certain threshold people start leaving um and so like if people are leaving you have really no choice but to lower the taxes (laughs) like it's kind of forced on you um but it's easier to like, you know, sit outside and be like, "Hey, why did you do that?" Um, whereas if you're sitting there and you're like, "Yeah, we're bleeding population every day," um, you know, that's a whole other context. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think Raven could be criticized for that, you know, for sitting on the side and criticizing the leaders. But I, I think her body count is pretty low compared to. Well, but I'm not arguing. Like, it's just more. She's. You might be the best person I know. That was your sticking point. It's like, yeah, that was. It's I mean, like it just been like a pep yeah, talk. Hyperbolic. Like, I kind of that's what I read it as. Yeah, I think that makes sense if we take it as like a pep talk. And like to be clear, like Raven is obviously awesome, but like I don't think like any of our main characters are like the best people they know. The best people they know died already. Um, <laughs> they a sacrificed themselves on the ark. For their loved ones to live. They, yeah, they, you know, Monty gave his life to living by himself with Harper, which, I mean, after all the shit they've seen, can't blame them. Um, no. Although the whole raising their son to 27 um, by themselves is just, I mean, just a little weird. Um, <laughs> Fucking homeschool kids. <laughs> I mean, maybe he didn't have to break both of his arms, if you know what I'm saying. I, yes, let's, um, oh my god, that fucking Reddit thread. Um, <laughs> it's never gonna die. Um, yeah, I guess, okay, that was, I think that's everything I had to say. Oh, I did, there was chatter. I think I saw, um, Tony, who does those great, um. The recaps? The recaps. And Selena, who obviously does uh-huh. the reviews that we, like, are obsessed with, um, they had this little conversation where, and like, this is like how I feel about a lot of characters that are, they're just like getting random lines and everyone's kind of sassy. So like Neela had that like line. Nyla. God damn it. I'm never, <laughs> never going to say it right. Just, just give up. <laughs> um, she says the whole, the pun, like the dad joke. And like, yeah. in some way, I think they were talking about how it should have come from Jordan. And I was like, shit, it should have come from Jordan. Like, that's right. That would have made so much more sense. Um, and, like, I think they mentioned also, like, Nyla has more, like, dry humor. Like, you know, like, like kind of, like, more, she's sweet, um, but it's kind of, like, I, I like the idea of her being sweet and then having these, like, super, like, 
dry, borderline, mm-hmm. like, antagonistic, like, observations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that that kind of, I, I don't know, all the characters kind of feel, like, ill-defined right now with all the lines that they're giving, where it's just, like, like, Murphy, I, I had this issue, too, in the Sanctum storyline, where now he's, like, the protector of children. Right, um, yeah. And I, I think you could make a connection between um, what he dealt with as a child when his parents were killed for trying to keep him alive, or was it the dad that got sick? I don't remember. I think it was him. I think he got sick. Yeah. And his parents stole medicine and whatever. They were killed for that. Um, so I think you can make a connection of him um, with children who are maybe in a similar situation, you know, being punished by who their parents are. And like, yeah, you can kind of make that connection with that kid that he like got out of like the oil pit. Um, but it's, I don't think it's clear enough. And obviously when they're trying to make a point, they like, you know, they hammer you over the head about it. And so like, it's more like he, the things he's doing with the kids, like that's like a Bellamy thing. Like Bellamy should be there, like, you know, adopting like 5,000 children um, because that's who he is. That's what, who, what we've seen from him for seasons and seasons and seasons. Murphy, I can see him being like, you know, a child approaches him and he's like, I mean, where's your parent? Like, Ew. did anybody lose a child? Ew. I, this is like, you know, you know, he's like, he's not warm and fuzzy like that. And so I love, I love the idea of him and Amori kind of just faking being primes and being cockroaches. Like, I like that because I think that that's true to the characters, but like suddenly making them like these warm and fuzzies, like we're Amori to get pregnant and then Murphy finds out and then he starts to look at all the children differently. Then to me, that's like a connection that I'm like, okay, that kind of makes more sense. He's testing the water. Is like, what is fatherhood going to be like? How hard is it to care about kids? Like, but like, just like this whole, like he's protective of Maddie now. He's like, it just, I don't think it should be coming from him personally. I, I do I do feel those little out of character moments for sure, and I, I I kind of wonder if they just have every character say the same like say these lines, and then in the editing booth they're like, "Fuck it, I guess we'll give this one to Nyla." Yeah, um. it's like they roll the <laughs> dice, or they like they have like a a chart like, "Oh, well, we gave this character one line, so now let's this person is like down some lines, so let's give this character this line." But like that's not how it should work. Like it should very <laughs> much be like. What would this character feel based on what we know about them? Is this is this your well actually? This feels I guess, like a well actually. Yeah, I guess this is my well actually. Um do you do you have a well actually, Shane? <laughs> I do have a well actually. Are we doing well actually? Yeah, I thought that I would just move us along yeah. here since that's kind of what it felt like. Oh shit. So we're skipping is this thing? Or hmm? are we done or what? Did you have anything else for, for the ice planet? Oh sorry. We're not skipping anything. No. We're done. All right. No, we're moving cool. down the list. All right. Uh, well, I mean, on the ice planet, I guess this is kind of a, a well, actually, I wasn't sure if you had to put it in the well, actually, or not, is when uh, Jordan just, like, kind of touches the wall or whatever and, and it burns and is like, oh, damn, it's acid. And, like, you know, there are tons of things that burn that aren't <laughs> acid, basic. right? Like... <laughs> Exactly. It could have been entirely too basic for his skin. Yeah. It's that's that's hilarious. <laughs> um and so <laughs> now a related a similar thing that was my well actually was when Raven is like, there must be some sort of thermal heat source down here. Um like throwing some fancy words so that, you know, it sounds smart. What the fuck is a thermal heat source? I mean thermal means 
heat. So it's a little redundant. A thermal heat source is a. Oh, I thought I thought she meant geothermal. Isn't that like it's like coming from the? That would have made more sense. Maybe she (laughs) fucked up the line and they didn't notice. Any of this is possible. Well, okay, that scene though, I I got into a conversation with um, Joe. You know Angie. Yeah, yeah. So one of, one of our lovely listeners, uh, she lives in Mexico. Yes, um, she has been to some cons. She is she is a delight, a delight. Um, so I, when I was live tweeting, so when they're crawling through the tunnel, Clark goes, um, "Is it just me, or is it like kind of warm?" And Raven's like, "Well, it's fifty degrees warmer than the surface." And I'm like, Clark had to ask somebody whether it was warmer <laughs> when it's 50 degrees hotter and right it's not like five or ten and you're it's, like oh, i can't tell right you're like no 50 seems reasonable like clark is a confident girl i don't think that she'd need to ask 50 degrees like nobody should nobody should but like i said 50 and then she's like oh was it 50 or 15 and i was like oh well 15 makes way more sense um and i, I was like oh i'm just the idiot but then when i was re-watching for the notes I had caps locks on, or caps locks, um, captions, post captioning, um, and it said 50, and so I sent her the screen grab, yeah, five zero, I sent her the screen grab, and so now we're just like, well, that is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's, that's a fair, that is, that is, yeah, well, actually, well, actually, um, mine was, um, so Dioza, who is a very capable lady, she is smart. She reads, she, she is good at doing things. She pulls out that dude's eyeball to like use on like one of the little eyeball scanners and then tosses it into the hallway. I'm like, bitch, you might have another door that you need to open. Like put that eyeball. Yeah, that was my, I was so pissed about that. Like, why are you going to throw away that perfectly good eyeball that will get you through different doors? What are you doing, Tioza? What are you doing? Or the same door again. Like she, she doesn't know if she has to go back or what, you know? Hold on to that eyeball. Like you, you went through the effort to scoop it out. Goddamn. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's like part of being badass for a character is to do that was her that was her like walk like away that. from an explosion in slow mo and not look back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um I don't like it when stupidity is considered badass. Yeah. <laughs> You're not having it. Um is that everything for this episode before we get into our recommendations? One last well actually Okay when sorry, I always add things have things to add. Um when Raven is attacked by that spider thing. And mm-hmm. she um, continues and immediately takes her helmet off. And I was just like, you're the one person with, like, head protection yeah. against this, like, crazy spider thing that looks like it can fly. Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I'd never take that off. Never Yeah, no, exactly. Years. Like, I am protected against creepy spider. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was yeah. because it got all scratched up, so it was hard to see. I mean, maybe. Like, but maybe. still. I don't so, care if it's hard to I, see. I would no. You know my feelings on spiders. We went into this whole fucking thing at the beginning. Exactly. Like I'm not I'm not fucking dealing <laughs> with spiders. Um, all right. What TV shows, movies, books, games, whatever to recommend? Um, you don't have anything written out, Shaheen. So I'm assuming that you're just going to make up something or say that you've been watching Harmon Quest mm-hmm. for the fourteenth time. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't really have anything. Um, but um, I guess to recommend a book. Um, I've been doing mm-hmm. that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I talked about the um, how throughout history war has been replaced by trade, and uh, there's an interest. There's a historian called um, Elizabeth Cobbs Hoffman, 
who um, talks about this. And um, it's pretty cool if you want to read it. Um, um, the book is called American Umpire. Not Empire, but Umpire. Hmm. Um, yeah, check it out. There's also a YouTube video if you want to watch something about it. Okay, read a book. Um, Bubs? Um, so I had to dig deep for this one because I haven't been watching a lot of new shows. So I was thinking of like shows that I have not mentioned before that I really liked. Um, one was a show that I was surprised that I liked. Um, it's called Drop Dead Diva. I believe it ran on Lifetime, but it's on Amazon Prime and you can watch it for free with commercials via IMDb's channel, which I did not know was a thing. Anyways, um... It's this really cute show about this, like, vapid model who is on her way to some audition and she gets in a car accident and dies. And when she's, like, in that, like, limbo, like, corporate heaven area where she has, like, an angel, like, processing her paperwork. And he's like, wow, you've not done any good things or any bad things. You're, like, a complete zero. And she's like, excuse you? And so she's like, you know what, like, I have a very important audition and I have to get back. And she sees this, like, sign, like, by, like, his side of the desk that says, like, under no circumstances do you press return. So she leans over his keyboard and hits return um, because he's at a computer in this limbo, whatever. Um, And she gets sent back to Earth, but she does not go back into her body. She ends up in the body of somebody else who died having a heart attack. Um... And that body ends up coming back to life. And it's this chubby lawyer. And so, you know, this vapid model is now this really smart, chubby lawyer. And she has her brain and her smarts. And, like, so it's her, like, adapting to her new life. Um, And it's, like, hilarious and heartwarming. And she has a great, like, sidekick pal, Stacy, who's from her old life that she tells, like, who believes her that she is um, the old friend. Um, and also she works with her, um, ex-fiance that she was engaged to when she was the model person. Um, and so I don't know, it's just like, it's a really great, cute show. If you guys need humor, because I know a lot of people do during the, during these like trying times, um, it's, it's really, it's like, it's cozy. It's a cozy. Okay. Hey, so help me out here. So mm-hmm. she has the lawyer's brain. Mm-hmm. Then in what sense is it still her? Because she has all of her memories and she still has like her own likes. But for example, like she was such a, you know, a nutrition freak um, and an exercise, like she loved to exercise. So even though she remembers that she liked to eat certain things and exercise, now when she eats them, she's like, ugh. And so, uh, yeah, this totally goes into your whole qualia and all the other stuff. Identity, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but she has, like, so it's kind of like when people have, um, that kind of amnesia where they, for, like, the different, well, this is not the same thing, obviously, because they forget who they are, but they can remember, like, how to drive home, or they remember, so for her, it's like she has all her legal information, um, but, like, she doesn't have a memory of being, like, a person who does good things, because she's always been, like, so self-involved. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I guess you oh, could that say that me. pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. And it's available on IMDb. Or on Amazon Prime. Am- got it. Got it. Um, all right. So 
I guess I'll recommend, uh, I finally started Dark, which is a German sort of time travel show. Um, but it's like very slow and sort of like this creepy time loop thing where like people are sort of their own, not their own fathers, but like there's like a weird, there's weirdness and sort of you're unraveling the mystery of this time travel that happens in this small German town and like things repeat and people you know, are keeping secrets from each other. Um, it's, it's, there are a few lines that make me really think of 12 Monkeys, but it's a very different kind of time travel show. Um, though I've heard from a couple of people who describe it as absolutely perfect time travel, like as in like everything, no rules were broken. Um, I haven't, we're only part of the way through the first season. Um, so, you know, TBD on what we think of the whole thing, but, um, so far it's been pretty good. Um, and if you started on Netflix and you're like, oh fuck, it's dubbed, you can actually go in and get the original German audio and then just turn on English subtitles, which is, um, what we did. Cause I fucking can't stand dubbed stuff. <laughs> um, not to be pretentious. Um, anyway, so would recommend dark if you're looking for kind of something, serious and gloomy but like really 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 interesting and you really have to pay attention because like everyone is sort of like the entire there is a huge cast and all of them are like generic white person and so like they occupy the same space in my mind of like like my girlfriend and I keep on having to pause and be like okay so hold up who the fuck are they talking about because like you are don't you always, sure they don't you, like it's not because they're German and all Germans look the same to you I mean, also that, like, ever, all of it, just all of the above. But, like, there are so many scenes where you don't, like, where so many characters aren't called by their names. So, like, you go to another scene where they're then talking about that person. You're like, who the fuck do they mean? Who the fuck is Katarina? Like, I don't remember what? Who is Hannah? And, like, mm -hmm. the only reason that we know one of the guys, Ulrich, is because he kind of looks like Mads Mikkelsen, mm. the Danish actor. Um, but interestingly enough, um, his character has a brother who disappeared named Mads. So then it's very confusing when my girlfriend and I are saying Mads, Mads. And we're like, wait, 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 the one in the show or the one who looks like the actor Mads makes <laughs> So anyway, um, we, so we are confusing ourselves. We are having to pause a lot, but um, I think it's good. I think you would actually probably like it, Shaheen. I feel cool. like it would be, it's, it's a show that you might like um, and it's on Netflix. And I would like it for other reasons. Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Okay, um, I'm still waiting. For those listeners, I'm still waiting for the incest that I was promised. <laughs> well, so um, I, um, when you say it's like you have to pay attention, like that's why I haven't gotten through the whole first season because I'm so bad at paying attention. And um, you really, you really do. But it, it is like, I, from what I remember watching, it was really exciting. Yeah, it's like super interesting and very good at weaving a mystery, but like you really have to pay attention. Um, anyway, uh, do you guys have anything else before we wrap it the fuck up? No. Nope. All right. Uh, we will be back at some point, I guess, because um, we do have a holiday weekend coming up. But I think there's an episode. The next episode is 707, directed by Lindsay Morgan. Um, so wow. we will find some time to get together and yell about that. Hopefully, um, I'm, I hope Lindsay's directorial debut goes well. Um, I, I'm sure that she's capable and does a good job, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Mm -hmm. um, anyone right. else? All right. Take it easy, guys. Thank Thanks for listening. Again. Yay. Bye. Bye.